Mr. Pop. Something I'd rather watch Daryl Summers. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Okay. What was that? Oh, terrific start to the program. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Rock and Roll. Uh, you know, snot blocks included. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. With me, Brian Mannix. We know you're there because you've just blown your nose on the start of the program. Thanks, Brian. Well, I thought you hadn't started yet. <laughs> There's no I off just, switch. I thought I'll just sneakily get a quick blow my nose in before we start, and you started. Oh, hey, well. Wow, what a start. Well, you know, when, when that live when that live thing goes, like in the old days of radio and television, when the live thing goes on, bang, you're on. Aren't you, Mark Fine? Well, I've decided in to, to stand in unity with my fellow panellist, Brian Manning. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's have a go. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a cough, a fart, a snort. Yeah, whatever you want to do, it's just a, get it out of your system. It's, it's a protest, Ted. Is it? Yeah, you know how like going down on one knee to Black Lives Matter. Well, <laughs> the blowing of the nose is uh, symbolic of we've had enough of COVID. <laughs> we're clear, we're clearing ourselves and cleansing ourselves of that evil. <laughs> <laughs> We're de-vaccinating ourselves. Yeah. We're, yeah. Oh, goodness me. What a, yeah. what a strange and wondrous world we live in. And I'm not talking about Simon Townsend's one. What a, what a, what a completely and utterly bonkos world we live in these days. We do. And, it's, um, it's most bizarre. Most bizarre. Now, how has your week yeah. been, Mr Fine? Tell us uh, what's been going on in the, uh, in the Fine Mansion. Oh, it's been a good week. The missus has gone away for a couple of days, so I'm – Responsible for feeding all creatures, great and small. All we'll right. see how that works out. I'll give you an update next week. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's been. It's, oh, look, I've enjoyed. I enjoyed the Olympics, so I've had a good week. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you been Olympic watching, Brian, or what have you been up to in the last week? Yes, I have been Olympic watching. I uh, I particularly like the uh, Canadian girl in the beach volleyball. I thought she was terrific. Um, no, um, yeah, I've been watching the soccer. You and, uh, sexist pig. Why? She's very talented. Yeah, I'm sure she is. I just wanted to say that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's great. It's been going great. And uh, I like that BMX is good to watch. That's, uh, that's a great little sport. Wasn't and, he good, the Australian bloke? Wasn't Logan, oh. Logan, I can't think of his Martin. second name. Martin, yeah. Martin. He was yep. good. He was terrific. And he... And he didn't even use up all his best tricks. Still won. No, good on him. I, th- I think you. I think he was pretty lucky to win. Mm. Really, mm. surely the best trick on the bike was the Australian in the team pursuit, whose <laughs> bike fell apart underneath him. Oh, oh yeah, that, that was now that's horrible. a hell of a trick. <laughs> try, is... ride, try riding at seventy k's an hour with a disintegrating bike. Yeah, that is uh, that is something else. It beats my old uh, my old girls' bike that my dad bought me that used to slip. The chain used to slip, and my feet used to drag along the bitumen. That that was much more excruciating to watch than that. He went down like the yeah. proverbial bag of spuds, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Um, I don't think the manufacturer will be 
we'd phone back to prospective clients in the future. No, it wouldn't Old have Old star, yeah. they're in trouble, are they? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, what's, yeah. what's, what's been your Olympic highlight, Brian, the Canadian uh, volleyball girl, or has there been something else at uh, the BMX, um, anything else? The BMX, the boomers were good last night. They um, had to win by 25 points. The Opals. They did. That's what I nearly said. Yeah, <laughs> them, they were good. Um, uh, disappointing with the men and w- women's soccer, but they still represented us well. But uh, no, it's all been good. I've really enjoyed it. Okay. What about you, Finally, What have you picked out as your Olympic highlights? That from bikes well, disintegrating. I mean, as much as all the gold medals have been great, and they really have been. What's his name? Rowan Brown. The oh, the sprinter, yeah. Yep. He's fantastic. 10.01. I mean, you know, that that is a very tough sport for Australia to be competitive at, and that was very exciting. And now we've got the – I've just watched the 1,500-metre heats. We've got a really good runner from King Island. Yes. From King – hang on. From King Island? Yep. As in in the little cheese-making King Island one? Yeah. How do, how do we get a 1,500 metre runner from King Island? King Island wouldn't be 1,500 metres running around at three times. You, right? you reckon he'd be a 1,500 metre swimmer? Yeah. <laughs> on that island. <laughs> you know, that, um, I was reading his family's still there, the McSwains. He's actually a swimmer. Yeah. And about four days ago, they got hit by a storm on King Island and all the TV reception's been terrible. Oh, no. But they were hoping to get it right for today. There you go. Uh, that's McSwain, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, no, they, they they were talking him up before the games. And this Peter Boll that we've got, I think, is he in the 800 yeah. metres? He's he's something else too. I mean, it's amazing to have runners in these events, isn't it? Because they are competed for around the world and it's very hard to be competitive. But yeah. Yeah, this is it's exciting, isn't it? Finding you're a little bit uh, muffled uh, just in that last little bit we spoke to. Oh, okay. Yeah, is, yeah. That, is that a little bit better? That's much, much better. better. Much better, thank yes, you. Yes, I was just um, – I got caught in some bad wind. I'll, I'll use my sailing <laughs> – it's great. Every four years or now five years or three years, I'm not quite sure, I've become a sailing expert. Oh, t- hey. is that right? Yeah. I start watching all the sailing events. I, like, I actually quite enjoy watching sailing. It's fun. So is that the one that you find yourself gravitating to that you would not normally watch in any other circumstance whatsoever? Oh, I wouldn't watch swimming other than the Olympics, really, to be honest. Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation with my son yesterday about what's an Olympic sport and what's a sport. I mean, what is golf and tennis doing at the Olympics still? Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I realise people say, what's it doing at the Olympics? There's one gold medal for men's golf, one for women's golf. Yeah. It's not like it it, it um, clouds the, the sort of national strength. It, it, to me, I don't mind it. I, I like golf and all the golfers. You know, Rory McIlroy was in a playoff for bronze. Yeah. And he, after he lost and afterwards he said he has never tried so hard in a playoff and wanted to win more and win a playoff more than that playoff that he was in. For bronze at the Olympics, no money. He was desperate to get a medal. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I so understand. It means, it means a lot to them. Yeah, but then you see Djokovic do what he did and you go, well, hang on, then that uh, – I know it's a, a individual case-by-case case thing, but you see Djokovic pull out of the bronze medal game because of whatever reason it was. That's when you go, I'm not sure that it works. Yeah, if, well, if the Olympics isn't the biggest um, event of that sport, then it probably shouldn't be in there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I understand that theory. I, I used to actually, I used to agree with you. Right. But I just, I've just seen how much the golfers were desperate to win a medal. What they really wanted to win. Yeah, but funny, you know what um, I reckon there? One of the things I reckon there, uh, I, I agree with Brian to a point, except look at the basketballers. That, that, the Australia, you never get to play for Australia at, at, at any level. You can play in the NBA and do all that stuff. But to actually, I think yeah. Joe, there was a Joe Ingalls who said the other week, I'd, uh, if I had to choose between a, an NBA title and a, an Olympic gold medal, I'd take the Olympic gold medal. Yeah. And, and he's been playing for the Utah Jazz for how many years in the NBA. So he's, you know, it's not. Not a money issue. This is a a want issue. It's a jewelry. It's a jewelry issue. He prefers a (laughs) a medallion around his neck than a ring. That's okay. But if if the golf thing was a team event, not an individual one, it well, it should be. By the way, they should also have a team aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. Like the old, they used to have the Dunhill World Cup. That was really good. Yeah. Australia used to do very well in that. Jeff Marsh and yeah. a variety of partners. And, yeah, I used to enjoy watching that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I do, totally agree with you. And when you see things like the Ryder Cup and that where they're representing their country, it means a hell of yeah. a lot more as in a team situation. You also see the golfers in a totally different um, uh, sort of setup when they're playing as a team rather than when they're playing for their, their own uh, checkbook. I agree. Yeah. I reckon they should bring the tug of war back in. Oh, jeez. Seriously. To, to the whole footage, they had a tug of war as an event. Yeah, I and saw that. And also a sack race was an event back in the old days, where you got the yeah, sack around right. your leg. Some good, they had some good old events. Yeah. I reckon the tug of war would be good. It's like Australia versus New Zealand. Who's the strongest? Let's go. Deepest free dive, either you win or you die. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I tell you what, a couple of sharks in the water polo pool would make things interesting. Yeah, and and let me tell you, at the it wasn't always clay pigeons they were shooting. By the way, oh really? Oh yeah. No, no they didn't yep. shoot live. They didn't shoot live birds. Yeah. Oh, they did. did they really? Yeah. Oh. They used to do the Greco-Roman wrestling in the nude. Yeah. What? They used to do the Greco-Roman little All the events used to be in the nude. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the ancient Olympics were in the nude. Oh, could you get better ratings if they did that now? Well, the vo- beach volleyball girls might as well not be wearing anything. Well, they are, but I'll take them without it as well. <laughs> if they did it in the nude, you find out which blokes really cared about the backstroke and which guys didn't. <laughs> 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 Here we go. We've just gone down that uh, that rabbit hole of. Uh, <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, we've we've just gone down that rabbit hole of uh, rock and roll uh, decadence again. Uh, Why is it late? Like, it's like Basil, it's like Basil Fawlty, right? When in that episode with the Germans, oh Jesus. when they you know they get into an argument and they say to Basil. Well, you started it. Yes. And he goes, no, I didn't. You did. 
We did not. You started insulting us because you invaded Poland. Yes. And that was exactly the same thing. Yes. This is exactly the same thing. Uh, we didn't start this. The ancient Romans started it. That's right. Yes. Good point. Good See, point. Pole dancing could be an Olympic sport too. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what wouldn't be an Olympic sport, pole vaulting. <laughs> you wouldn't get too many people doing that in, in the raw. Oh, no. No. No, there are oh, some. Geez, I don't think I'd like to, to see the gymnast swinging no. their thingies around in the nude. No. no. No, no, no. There are some sports that do, you, do, you do actually need clothes on for, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Weightlifting? Yes, yes, definitely. Weightlifting? Oh, God. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, unmistakably, you need it for that. Uh, now, we're going to get to our chart uh, this week, which is uh, being selected by Brian. We're going yep. to December 1982. So, right. Now, where is that chart, Kev? Did you send it to me? Well, of course I sent it to you. Did you send it to me by message? I sent it to you by on your phone. I'm not sure if I sent yeah, it on the messenger, okay. but I sent it to you on your phone. So find it on your phone. Oh, yeah. While, yeah I, there we do, go. While, while we discuss other things, we'll talk some footy later on. Um, uh, uh, on the celebrity uh, passing uh, RIP of <laughs> Valet uh, thing, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top passed away during the week. One of the, uh, one of the founding members of ZZ Top, Joseph Michael Hill, at 72 uh, years of age. Um, and I, re- I must admit, I really like ZZ Top's early stuff. Um, yeah. Not that big a fan of their later stuff, but their early stuff, really, really like their early stuff. So, um, yeah, sad to see Dusty Hill pass away at 72. Well, he's been crook for a while apparently. Um, so there you go. Oh, we've got some new TV shows to talk about. Can I just say, can we, uh, with the Olympics, um, I reckon we're squeezing out every possible, uh, you know, uh, story that we, backstory that we can out of every single athlete. Everyone's got a backstory. Everyone's got a, you know, make you feel good story. Just need to lessen that a bit. And can we knock off the use of the word proud every five seconds? My God. Seems to be the only proud. word. Uh, proud. You know, I, oh. I'm, proud, I'm proud of this, I'm proud of this, I'm proud of this. I'm proud. Oh, God, yeah, okay, we get it. Um, but just every single bloody thing that we do is proud. And um, for the whatever, the, well, Paris, is Paris the next Olympics? Yeah. 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 Okay, so in three years' time in Paris, can we get Roy and HG back? To do the the late night wrap up, because no one does it better yeah. than them, and they're just so. And I heard I heard them on the road. They're doing a radio version of it on the ABC. I think it's called Dodging Armageddon, which is also a podcast. Um, and I heard them come on the other day. I've only heard a little bit of it, but they're just they're just it. They're just the perfect duo to do the uh, the the wrap up of uh, the day's events and talk about it. They've got a uh, you know they're funny as. And anyone else who's tried to do it has failed dismally. And the current lot with Andrew Gaze and Andy Maher and Lisa Strathic are, are really struggling with it, and it's not great to watch. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I reckon I, I don't reckon they've been too bad. Yeah, I just find it tedious. I mean, the, last night they were watching; they, they were showing footage of um, Gaze and Andy watching uh, the, the the Opals come back and they were jumping around. Then they said, that, oh, we didn't know that was being filmed. It's just a little bit kind of like, oh, yes, you did. Um, uh, yeah, just It's just a bit it, – it, it, get Roy and HG back. It, the Roy and HG were just sensational and they're still as funny as. I heard Roy do a, a, a rant the other day that was absolutely hysterical, absolutely hysterical. But anyway. 
Let's get. Yeah, to- I'm happy for them to come back. That that yeah. would be good because yeah. they are funny, very funny. Let's get. Now, to- before before we move on, can mm-hmm. I just mention something else in sport? Absolutely. Yes. Because you know, we when the Olympics are on, you tend to lose other sports. Yeah, you do. We don't. We follow our footy and we follow the Olympics. But how about Melbourne Storm? Yes. Good point, Fanny. I mean, I mean, 16 in a row, but this time up against the fellow top of the ladder, Penrith Panthers. 37-10. And they were, well, 36-10. They were 36-0 when they put the queue in the rack. Yeah. I mean, they are just magnets. They are such a great team. Yes. yes. I, I love them. Um, and I was actually really disappointed because – I was all set Saturday night to watch that game, and then of course the whole NRL uh, uh, fixture got put on hold. And then Monday morning, I see, or Monday afternoon, I see where they'd beaten the Panthers thirty six ten or whatever it was, and I went, "Well, when did that get played?" So obviously they rejigged the fixture, and they played. Is it right? They played three games at Suncorp Stadium on the Sunday. Yeah, that was what they did. Well, they didn't bloody tell people uh, about it because I, I get notifications from the storm and all that stuff on my phone and uh, on my social medias, and I didn't know the game was on until it was finished and the result was up there, and I missed seeing them play because I'm a massive fan. I was really keen to see how um, Pappenhausen would go in his second game back because I thought he looked a little tentative in his first game. Yeah, he was much better. Good. Came on as a reserve, but he, he really hit him hard. Yeah, he was right into it. Now, Ryan, I have a bit of correspondence from last week, and it's not from the uh, the Stabby in the Back organisation. Um, right. It's a different one. Uh, another great what week. What have I done now? Well, let me read it to you. Another great week on Rock and Roll. Love the team leaders' feedback and your reactions. Some great constructive criticism in there. And thank God Chart Attack headed back to the 70s. Uh, I've been yeah. tempted to request more Chart Attacks from 1983 onwards. I'm still having nightmares about trying to find three good ones from 1985. But uh, in closing this week, I'd like to say, Chart Attack, what on earth was Brian on about? The Sherbet, cla- the Sherbet Classic You've Got the Gun was a huh? desperate attempt to crack America, said Brian. Yeah. What? In 1973, Sherbet had no American record deal and any tilt at the American market was a long way off. I thought they were trying to change to be more American, says Brian. Where was he oh. when, when he was making these comments? Where were you, Brian, last week? I can't even remember. I uh, don't know. Might have been down at the Werribee Shit Farm doing the recovery with the bombers. <laughs> at, at the pub with his mates, Derek and Clive. No, the, cha- the change to Crack America didn't occur until five years later, back around 1978, with the band recording, this is Sherbet we're talking about, with the band recording in LA, the name changed to Highway, of course, and then the Sherbs, I think they went to after that, and the attempt to yeah. shake the teeny bopper image. Of course, it was unsuccessful, but what Aussie band doesn't want to do what they can to crack the world's biggest music market? So that's uh, that's our good friend Ken Francis, just uh, just filling you up with a few facts there about uh, Sherbet, and he said the 1973 song that we talked about last week, You've Got the Gun, was a beauty. Get a grip, Brian. Well, I've been told. You've but, been um, told. I think, I think long, five years before they had the record contract with America, <laughs> they were looking towards it. You know, they were preparing, yes. I reckon. Yes, absolutely. Anyway. Uh, so the chart that we're looking at this week, boys, is uh, the 24th of December 1982 when Goanna had the number one album with Spirit of Place 
and Culture Club had the number one single with Do You Really Want to Hurt Me. Um, some They were also weird, this 3XY chain. I was working at 3XY at this time. I'd started in uh, early in 82. They actually had a compilation chart, which I didn't realise, um, but there was a compilation chart. And the weird thing about that was that in the normal album chart at number 11 was Jane Fonda's workout album, which didn't make it, it didn't make it into the compilation chart, but it was actually a compilation album. It wasn't Jane Fonda doing, you know, her version of the theme from On Golden Pond or Clute or Barbarella. It was um, it was actually an album full of, uh, I think, Boz Skaggs, Ario Speedwagon, uh, the Brothers Johnson, Billy Ocean, uh, and it was number eleven in the normal chart. It didn't make it into the compilation chart. It was edged out of there by 1982, Up in Lights. Mm. Which I'm sure you've got a copy of, Brian. I do. I love it. Yes, my favourite. Um, uh, and in that, it was funny. There was a really, and I think Finey might have pointed this out to me in the text after I sent the uh, the chart. Um, was a terrific time for Australian music. There were 16 Australian singles in the top 40, eight albums yeah. in the top 30 with the with Goanna being number one, and two out of the 10 in the compilation section. So it was a really um, brilliant time for Australian music. Yes, it was a brilliant time for Australian music. <laughs> Fantastic. I just I just saw what's in the chart there. Oh, Did you? Oh, Did you just? Fantastic. Is there anything yep. that actually, was anything in particular <coughs> that may have caught your oh, eye, Brian? Oh, number 15 looks pretty good, I reckon. Number 15. Let me have a look here. I'm looking at the highest debuting uh, songs on this chart. I've got the, the facts about the chart. Number 32, Hooked on Hooks, debuted uh, into the chart first week. And, oh, look at this. Number 15. That the one you mentioned, number fifteen, Brian. That's the one. That's okay. the one. Um, salive one, Sa- saliva. Saliva one. Is that how you pronounce that? That's it. That's right. That's Sa- correct. Sa- saliva or saliva? It's a live one. Saliva one. Ah, saliva ah. one. Ah, it's a play on words. Get ah. into that, not me. Right by the um, the U Canny X Men. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Uncanny X. Oh, sorry, Uncanny X Men on Mushroom yeah, Records. The UK. Um, yeah. <laughs> an EP it is, a six track EP, I believe. Four track. Oh, yeah, six track, yeah. Six track. It, what, you don't even know how many yeah. tracks. How many tra- You know how many tracks are on your own EP? Um, <laughs> it's nearly 40 years ago. <laughs> 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 it's a six track EP, uh, and uh, it debuted at number 15 in the charts. What a what, Congratulations, yeah. Brian. Well, do you remember? Thanks, do, you re- do you remember that moment when you got told that? I, I do. It's our very first chart, and um, we were very, very. Like, yay! In fact, that record didn't sell. We weren't going to get another one. So we were on this really crappy deal because this live, horrible live EP. And then because that sold well enough and did well enough, then they gave us a standard deal. So it sort of broke down a few doors for us, that uh, particular single. And being our first ever record, we were incredibly excited about it. You weren't. I, I want to talk more about it, but uh, finally, uh, the, what what caught your eye initially when you looked at this chart from uh, nineteen eighty two? I'm sure it wasn't the number debut of the number fifteen. You know what? I'm trying to. Is that is that a single? It's a live one? No, it's is an it EP. Okay, because I couldn't find it. Yeah, no, now, it's not on Spotify. Yeah, it's very it's very hard to find. Yeah, yeah. It's so I, can't, I can't rate it. Therefore, what well, stood out? Look. There, there wasn't. It was not easy getting three bad ones. Um, you know, 
I thought the music was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a very controversial one in my bad ones. We'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Okay. Now, Brian, I want to talk to you about Saliva One. Um, yeah. Because uh, I, I, in in doing exactly what Finey did, I thought, now, what was on it? I knew it was an EP and I knew I had it in the shed, but I wasn't going out the shed to go and uh, go through it. So I went down this little rabbit hole uh, in the internet and, mm. and found, I don't even know if you'll remember doing this, I found a program called Antenna. Right. Which was on the ABC, which I don't remember, but I found it. And they yep. did a, they did a special called Turn Mu- Turning Music into Gold. And this was done in 1985. Oh, yeah. Remember doing that? Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Sam, someone was the host. <coughs> yeah. And uh, went through, uh, he was sitting there in 1985 looking at, uh, at you blokes and a, and, and a doco they'd done, this Turning Music into Gold, which talked about recording Saliva One. You did it. Um, you did the six tracks in six hours at AAV Studios in South Melbourne. Is that right? It doesn't sound like we spent that long on them. <laughs> now, I did a bit of research. There's six tracks on it. You wrote do you wrote or co-wrote five of the six. The only one that you didn't write was the, uh, the James Freud, Sean Kelly song that you did. Yeah. Right? Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, the, the 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 special that uh, that I watched this turning music into gold. They uh, showed the record reps listening to it for the first time. They showed you sign you and the band signing your contract with Mushroom with uh, with Gadinsky, um, yeah, in a boardroom and uh, drinking champagne while you signed the contracts. And then they yep. sh- then they showed you actually at AAV Studios recording the uh, the six or not all six but bits and pieces of uh, recording of the the six tracks. And your comment at the end of it when uh, you came back from 1982 to 1985 with the, the host of the show, said he said, what are, your, what are your thoughts on looking back at that now three years down the track? And you, you said, obviously in that amount of time, I've lost about a stone and a half, I've discovered the use of hair gel and I sing a lot better in tune. Well, well, there you go. Which was a pretty good summation of what happened in the three years between your first record and I think you'd just done. Well, we were, we were just kids when we did that one. Yeah. You know, um, oh, you looked at all. You know, we, yeah, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. But um, we were having fun. That's the main thing. Yeah. No, it was good. It was actually a good little uh, little 25-minute special that I watched. And I discovered, yeah. some, you know, the one thing I, one of the things I took out of it, which I didn't know, because I, I knew a lot of the people in it, like Gadinsky was in it, obviously. Keith Fowler, who was the music director at 3XY at the time, was in it. Um, all the all the record reps from Festival I knew, um, Peter Caswell, um, Greg Foster, I think his name was. But I didn't know, yep. sitting at the table listening to your debut thing with Rod Merrifield and the, all the uh, the people from Mushroom, was Johnny Famishon. Yeah, he worked at Festival Records. Yeah, I didn't realise that John worked at Festival Records. So he was sitting there listening to it, tapping his, uh, tapping his hand on his chest, listening to, um, what's it, I'm the One? Is that one of the songs? Yeah, on? yeah. I'm the One. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah he, used to, thought, he used to take you around to the chart shops. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd go and suck. Yeah, John, I spent quite a bit of time with Johnny Famishon. He's a terrific fella. Yeah. Well, I imagine you wouldn't, the person that, you know, Brashers wouldn't be saying, no, no, we don't want that one. Oh, no, Mr. Famishon, we'll take 100 of those Uncanny X-Men oh. EPs. The man of chart girls, he belted so we could get a chart <laughs> position. <laughs> 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 
Right. Oh, in that little left hook and yeah, uppercut, yeah. away they go. Yeah, off you go. Uh, all right, finally, start us off. Your number three, good and bad, on this uh, chart from 1980, the 24th of December, 1982. All right, I'll start off with my bad is Duran Duran, Mirror Man. Oh, now, yeah. when Duran Duran started out, what, what did they start with? Um, Oh, was that Planet Earth or Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Planet Earth. You know, yeah, they would yeah. run yeah, and back in the day I quite liked them along with Stand Dad Ballet, but they both sold out and this song was a seller, Mirror Man. Really sort of that what they would become known for, that sort of for me, electro bubblegum, which I didn't like at all. Yeah, no, I agree. A very ordinary song. Very ordinary song indeed. Good choice. What's your good uh, good number three? There's a lot of good Australian songs in this, and I've got a couple in my best three. And I start off with Midnight Oil, US Forces. I mean, I'm not a huge Midnight Oil fan, but I'd say that's in their sort of top two or three songs for me, and it's pretty iconic, so I give it the nod. Yep. Yep, can't argue with uh, with that. Didn't make it into my three, but uh, yeah, I agree. It's probably one of the Midnight All songs I do actually like. I'm not a not a big fan either. Brian Mannix. Uh, okay, what would you like first, the good or the bad? Oh well, I, 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 let, let, let's go with the bad number three first up. Well, okay, we'll go for. Uh, oh no, I'll say that for later. We'll go for um, <laughs> Men at Work at number fourteen. That's probably why I'm disliking this one because it's one above the live one. But I thought this song was a real example of uh, a band without inspiration, and this song was was not inspired. And it's terrible lyrics. I don't even know what it's about. Doctor Jekyll and Mister Jive, or whatever it's called by Men at Work. Doctor Heckel and Mister Jive. Yep. That is just waste of words. That song. You know, the, the music's okay, I suppose, but. I can't stand the concept of that song. It just seems shit out to me. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what I reckon. Uh, I reckon it was half a song and then the, I reckon the, the video clip, if you uh, go and have a look at the video clip because Greg Ham and uh, I think it's Ronnie, Ronnie the bass player, um, yeah. are hysterically funny in the video clip and Colin's actually quite entertaining as well in the in the clip. It's almost like the clip, the idea for the clip was there and they had half a song and then they filled it out. That's sort of what it looks a bit like to me. Yeah. Like it was yeah, more more, not, more about the clip than it was about the song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, not, they, you know, clips were king in 1982 because it was all about MTV. Oh, massive. I mean, uh, you know, finally mentioned Duran Duran. Duran Duran's whole career was built around, you know, how good they looked in all the clips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Girls on film, all that stuff. My, the, 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 that, in, that industry and, you know, Australia was at the forefront of that with Russell Mulcahy doing uh, so many of those international bands' clips. Yeah. Um, what's yeah. your number three good one? Well, this is a great song, I reckon, um, and it's probably one you don't expect from me, but it's number six, uh, When You Were Sweet Sixteen by The Furies. And The Furies are just great. They're just so sad and sincere, and I love that Irish sort of sad. Um, so, yeah, that's my good one. The yeah. best good one. When you were 16 by the Fury. Yeah. Love it. 
don't disagree with you. I, I actually liked it. I couldn't fit it in, but uh, yeah, it's a good song. It's actually really yeah, interesting. It's, great. it's interesting the um, the kind of the makeup of that top ten is uh, is so bizarre. The the yeah. different sorts of music that are in that top ten and where they're from and very very bizarre. Now my number three bad one. I couldn't stand yeah. this. I just thought these were. Uh, should have been taken out the back and given a uh, a, a bit of a, a touch-up. Johnny Famishon should have been negotiating with musical youth out the back and telling them that they were wasting their youth doing absolutely dross like past the duchy. Um, yeah. get, get off the duchy, boys, and get out there and get into your school books or kick a footy around to do something, but don't be singing past the duchy from the left-hand side because it's not very attractive. Didn't like that uh-huh. one at all. Didn't like that one no. at all. Um, okay. My number three... And I'm probably sick of it now, and that probably colours my thoughts on what a good song it is, but Solid Rock by Goanna is just a great song, and as much as I'm probably a bit sick of it and as much as I probably liked Razor's Edge more off the album, um, still a really good song, still a really powerful song. Um, yeah. And Shane, uh, you know, all done with the right sediments, uh, sentiments and that from from the band, I think, uh, yeah, uh, that that gets my number my number three. Finally. Thank you. Number two is funny. Well, so with my number two good one, mm-hmm. because you just mentioned it, Solid oh, Rock. Sorry. Gazette. No, no, no. No, look, I think it's a great song. I think it's an important song, and I think Brian should love it, because and I couldn't work out who the drummer was. They had so many lineup changes, even in 1982. Was it Robbie Ross was one of them, or anyhow? You should love it, Brian, because he wears an Essendon jumper in the film clip. Oh, of course. Yeah, he does too. Oh, well, that's the that's the that's the Madden Brothers um, connection with Goanna. Yeah, they did backing vocals. Yeah, on they one did. of the couple of the tracks. Yeah, they there did. Um, and they're so, related to the Howards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the lovely, so, the yeah, lovely I, Shane I, and Marcia. I, I think it's a great song. Yeah, no, I agree. And right, we've heard it a million times, but. Now, my number two bad, mm-hmm. look, I'll tell you something about this chart. It's quite interesting that there were, there's, I don't think there was anything on this chart I absolutely loved. And my, uh, uh, yeah, look, I didn't like some songs. And my number two bad is a song that I expected much more. The band is, is much better than this. They had gone from really being sort of a punk band with a great worldwide hit to producing this crap, which is three quarters of the way to a novelty song. I mean, but I, I find Rock the Casbah a really infantile, stupid song. <laughs> and the class shouldn't have been singing it, not after London calling. Yeah. And, and, and I, just, I, I just don't, I think it's really commercial and really rubbishy, and I don't like it, and it's in my... It's the second worst in that chart. Yeah, it's a wow. massive departure from London Calling, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved London Calling. You know, that that was a gritty song at, at the start of what, you know, at, in the early days of gritty punk music. You know, not the very <coughs> sex pistols, but I didn't think they'd end up singing Rock the Casbah, which, you know, that that's, that's the song that should be sung by... Frank Zappa, not by them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, what's your number two good and bad, sir? Um, my number two bad, probably should be my number one, but 
these two, they should know better. Oh, here we go. They are two of the biggest stars in the world at the time, and they came up with The Girl Is Mine oh. by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Hey, Michael, she said, I'm her ever loving man. <laughs> no, she's going to be with me. No, she told me she loves me. Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> mine, mine. The girl is mine. Oh, yeah, it's no good. Yeah, no, no. it's not. No, yeah, good call. Shocking. Good call. Uh, what's your good one? Uh, my good one is going to be, where is it? Uh, I'm going to go for number 12. This guy's in love. We are the real, which is the old Bert Bacharach song. But they do a, a real good version of it, I reckon. Oh, do and they? I mean, yeah, I've been listening to the reels a bit lately, and yeah. um, they do a, they do a great version of Bad Moon Rising, and they're really brave their choices that they made. And um, just to do a Bert Bacharach song at this particular junction in time was unheard of. So mm. good on the reels. Yeah. They're doing. Yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't concur with you more, except I've got it number two on my bad list because I think it's a bunch of – it's a heap of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just quietly, Brian. Um, really? Not, not coloured at all by the fact that I did an interview with Dave Mason in 1982 and he was a rude little pig. Um, not coloured by that at all. No. Right. No, no. Not at all. He's one of my first interviews at XY, I think, and I think I started in – when I started on the first of February or something, and I reckon I had him in Mar- early March or something, and he was it was it was not not one of the uh, the easiest men in the world to interview, and I mightn't have been one of the best interviewers in the world at that stage either. But no, I didn't like it. I I thought it was um, it was pretty ordinary. I thought they did do some good stuff, the reels, but that wasn't one of them. I not not uh, not not. not uh, Handsome of that at all, but it, I'll tell you, around the radio station at the time, Jesus, everyone loved them. Like all the all the on air people, all the DJs at the time, the Johnny Peters yeah. and Trish Mulhollands, and they loved the reels. They thought the reels were fantastic. I never quite mm. warmed to them, but anyway. And my uh-huh. number, my number two good is uh, is stepping out by Joe Jackson. Oh yeah. I really like that song. Okay. Yeah, and I saw it. Though. It was on Rage, oh, two or three weeks ago, uh, and I flicked over up after watching of some sort of footy game of some description, and uh, it was on. And I thought that's a good little song. And then when I saw it in this list, I thought, yeah, I should, uh, I should mention that because I just thought a lot of the stuff he did I didn't like a lot, but uh, I thought that was one of his one of his better efforts. Stepping out, quite liked it. Okay. All right, number one, Mr. Fine, the the good and the bad. You mentioned some Aussie, so I'm assuming that your number one good is an Aussie. What's your number one bad? No, number one good's not an Aussie, but I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I've, I've done two Aussies already. I've done my bit. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number one bad. This is the most. I'll tell you what. Forget the waterboarding. If they really want to talk to people <laughs> down at Guantanamo Bay, Play this on a loop. I'm telling you, the the world, whatever it is, Amnesty International, they'll be down there in a minute. It's it's by this group of girls that were put together by the the studio band from England. I don't even know how to pronounce it. What are they called? Toto. Oh, Toto Creole. I'm not going to Coelho or something. I'm not going to even name them. They they deserve to remain. Shamed and unnamed, i.e. cannibals. 
Oh yeah, I I went to go and listen to that and couldn't find it, so I I kind of never. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. There's some screaming. There's some falsetto. Oh, pathetic! None of those girls could possibly have gone on to be anything more than checkout chicks at, at <laughs> yellow and gold, black and gold. Fair dinkum. Wow. Okay. Or or ring them up and have them on the show next week. (laughs) Yeah, have them on the show. I guarantee you they're not working in the music industry. There you go. All right, now you're number one. Good one. Well, I've always, you you know I've got a broad church when it comes to loving music. Yeah, yeah, you have. So the man who, who gave you Tism two weeks ago. Yes. Yes. And can I thank you for that? Can I just thank you for that? Because I went and, and listened to a whole stack of uh, Tism stuff and thoroughly enjoyed it. Much underrated band in terms of their entertainment value. Correct. They really put their put, they didn't leave anything out on no, stage. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were they were they were very entertaining. I, I suggest if you've got half an hour to spare, go and go and lose yourself in Tism for a while because that's well worth it. And how clever was that film clip? The, the one where they go along and change into different bands all the way through it. Well, they're all different bands. They're just, you yeah. know, including the Ringwood Primary <laughs> Secondary School Band. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, sensational. It was so clever. All, all the names of those bands are brilliant. Oh, yeah. No, very funny. Very funny stuff. Very clever. Really good. All um, right. So what have, what have you got bought with that in mind? What have you brought to the table? I love you. Like I never loved before. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. I'm, I've always loved when when you were Sweet Sixteen or whatever it's called by the Fury. Yeah, it's, they're just beautiful the way they think. I can just picture it. You know, when first I saw her on the village green, I just really liked that song. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, no, apparently, they don't get. I'm, I'm an old fox No, it's good. The time they get on. By the time they get on stage, they're blind. They drink and drink and drink those bands to the point where they're all sentimental and sad and then out they come and play their sad songs. But, yeah, they're great. I think being I think being Irish is considered to be a, uh, what, what do they call them, a functioning alcoholic from birth. Yeah. I think that well, comes as part, part of the thing. And didn't didn't one of the Furies, the main blokes, die from alcoholic poisoning? Am I right in thinking that, or is that uh, the Pogues? Uh, I think the Pogues had one. I'm yeah. not sure about the Furies. Shane, Shane something from the Pogues, yeah. I think of, I, oh, he, he's one of our most ugliest rock stars yeah. way back in episode three. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I love the Pogues as well. That dirty old town, I'll put that in if that was in. Were you into the Irish Rovers, Finey? No, I preferred their Ruckman. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish Ruckman, of course. Uh, now, Mannix, what have you got for us at number one? Number one. Mm. Good song. Oh, gee, there's a few here I could have picked. Mm. But um, I'm going to go for the little roll on, Leonard Clad roll on deodorant, man. Um, I saw it speak of Angry Anderson. And We Can't Be Beaten by Rose Tattoo. I think that's a, a really, really good song. Yep. And is that the song he sang at the grand final? Yes. With Bound for Glory. Ah, uh, or oh, actually, I think it is Bound for Glory. That song should be played at the grand final. It's a perfect football song. We Can't Be Beaten. That'd be, get the tats up there on grand final day. That'd be great. 
Yeah, and not not in the back of a Batmobile. No, I'll leave the Batmobile at home. Yes. But, um, yeah, that'd be good. All right, and your number now, w- number one. Following what? from uh, Doctor Heckler, Mister Jive, the girl is mine, and your number one is. Well, it's a tie for number one. Oh, it's um, Paul at number three, Paul and Oak Man Eater, which is just an absolute stinker. Yeah. Oh, here she comes! What's up, do you Jeez, just the tempo of it shits me. <laughs> so that's no good. And just to shit you, Jeff, uh, number 18, It's Raining Again by Supertramp. Once again, waste of lyrics by this band. It's raining again. So freaking what? Who cares? Why would, why, why would that shit me? Because that's my number one too. What? It's worse? Yeah. Oh, I thought you liked Supertramp. No. Oh, oh, good. No, 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 no. I like some of the stuff. I, I like bloody well right um, and, and a couple of the earlier things, but no, it's raining again. I'm sorry. I just I uh, just tested that from the start. Otherwise, it was the stupidest songs ever. Good work. Good. No, I'm with you there. That's my number one. And I, I had it at number two and I moved it up. Um, oh, well done. Because <laughs> the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, that's – I, I, I sort of put them down and think, okay – if if I'm working on my you know doing my my Saturday afternoon radio show and they said which one of these three songs would you would you play that would be the one I would go no please don't give me that whatever you do don't give me it's raining again by Supertramp out of this lot so that's my well, number that's my number one hate I've I've got a few that are left out of my number one like that uh, that I do I I really like psychedelic furs yeah I, I like we that can't be beaten. Made mine. Um, I like Don't Change by NXS, but my number one was Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners. I love that song. Oh, you wouldn't want to be Eileen. No, you wouldn't want to be um, Eileen. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Yes. Oh, All right, song. we get it. That's right up there with your yeah. love still brings me to my knees. <laughs> I'm not in love. Yes. You know. It's disgusting. There's no need for that. Yeah, absolutely. And there was no need to put Hall and Oates in there either, just quietly, Mannix. There was no need for that. They're dreadful. They are, they are shitful. Now, they are not shitful at all. Um, little Oates with his Burt Reynolds and well, the staff, what a dickhead. Look, I had to cancel an interview with a, a band the other week that we had <laughs> lined up because you paid out on them on this show, so I had to cancel it. So don't start... Given Hall and Oates a bad name, so I have to. If I get a potential Hall and Oates interview, I have to cancel it because you're publicly gone on the record of saying they're shit. I will tell them that they're shit. (laughs) You get them on the show, I will just say, Daryl, why are you so shit out? Have you watched Daryl's? Have you watched Daryl's House? The, no. st- the stuff where he gets other people to come in and, and they do songs together, like he gets the, you know, the spinners and all sorts of people to come in and, and do stuff. You should watch some of that. It's very good. Anyway. I think I'd rather watch Daryl Summers. Anyway. Footy tips. Finey, you've hit, <laughs> you've hit the lead, Finey. You've, you've streaked, Ooh, you've here streaked we go. out. Here we go. And I have to say, <laughs> introducing a new segment this week in the footy tips. Well, it's the Del Monte tip of the week. This is Del Monte. Because it's, uh, it looks good, feels good and is good. And Finey's got, got the Del Monte tip of the week this week, picking Frio to beat Richmond. Hats off to you. Yeah, very well done. Don't know how you picked it. What did we, sco- what did we score, Kev? 
you got four. Wow. So you're not exactly troubling the uh, the scorers terribly much. So you're up to eighty eight. No. I got five. No. I got sorry. I got four uh, as well. Uh, so I'm on to yeah. 105 and finally got six, which is yeah. an exceptionally good effort, I would have thought. Uh, and he's up uh, two in front of me now on 107. So it's finally on 107, me on 105, and Brian, you're bringing up the rear on 88. Mm. Okay. Not too good. No, not too good. Now, finally, how did you pick Frio? Um, Richmond are pretty thin, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, you know, they they – had a crack, but I just thought over there. Oh, look, it was more art than class, probably. Fair enough. Given that they got headed in the last quarter and it took a specky by Schultz to get them back in front. I can't say I would have tipped that in a hurry, but anyhow, I'll take it if I can get it. On the on the back of uh, what we saw last weekend, are you are you uh, Brian? Firstly, I'll ask you: Are you likely to tip the West Coast Eagles ever again? Uh, not no. I'm probably not likely to tip them again. I think, uh, well, if Essendon's gonna make it, we need West Coast to go shit out. But uh, so well, no, but I don't. I don't think Essendon can make it now. They're doing that. I don't think Essendon can either. What about the Eagles? Finally, are they the most dispiriting? Uh, or you know, when they when they turn their toes up, is there a side worse than them? When you have a look at the quality of players they've got, no, they they really are. Given their manpower, they are the most disappointing when toes are turned, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, by quarter time, you know which one you're going to get and you go, okay, well, they're not they're not turned up today, so they're going to get beaten by 100 points. It, they just seem to actually put the white flag up. Now, I've got yeah. the, the latest updated fixture for round 21 because it's been thrown up uh, left, right and centre and uh, – uh, well done to the AFL for actually getting this fixture to continue because uh, I don't know how they do it. But here we go. Brian, you can start us. Geelong and GWS will be playing at GMHBA Stadium on Friday night. Who are you tipping? I'll have Geelong. Mr. Slocum's pussy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, what would you have, uh, Mr. Fine? I can only hazard a guess. Uh, I'm forced to take the Cats. Yes. Cats for me as well, so the Cats all round. Uh, Carlton take on the Gold Coast Suns at Marvel Stadium on um, Saturday afternoon. The Suns are another one who, when they turn their toes up, they, they just don't come to town either. So I'm going for Carlton. Who are you going for, Brian? Well, I'm going to go for Stewie Jew's team because I like Stewie. I don't know why, just because he's got a fat gut and he swears a bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for the Gold Coast. What the heck? Right. What about you, Funny? I'm sure you've uh, sure you've got some uh, finer logic than uh, a fat guts and swears a lot is your reason for picking whoever you're picking? I'll go for Carlton. Right. Sounds fair. Richmond take on <laughs> Richmond take on North Melbourne. MCG, Saturday afternoon, 4.35. Brian? I'm going to go for the kangaroos. Oh, okay. Finey? Yep. I mean, they, they deserve the old great deal of respect, don't they? They've done really well in the second half of the year, but I've got to tip Richmond. I'll, I'll tip the Tigers. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd love to pick the ruse, but I'm uh, I'm not uh, that confident that they can do it. So I'll go Richmond as well. St Kilda take on the Swans. The Swans are flying. St Kilda, not good. Funny. Who are you tipping? The Swans. Swans. I hate the other team. <laughs> you barrack for them, but you hate them. It makes perfect sense. Them. I can totally understand that. Brian, who are you going for? St Kilda or the Swans? Uh, the Swans are pretty good, so I think I'll have to go for the Swans. Yep, I'm with the Swans as well. Uh, Adelaide to play Port Adelaide. Oh, it's the uh, it's the showdown. Um, it's at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night at 7.40. Uh, who are you going for, Brian? Port Adelaide. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much, Brian, for doing that. Mr Fine, what about you? Port Adelaide as well? Yes, I have to go to Port Adelaide. Yep. Hawthorne take on Collingwood at uh, down in Tassie again at two o'clock on Sunday afternoon. The Hawks or the Pies for you, Mr Mannix? I'll have Hawthorne, please. Hawthorne. Finey, well, what, do you, what do you make of the, the schmozzle that is the Hawthorne Footy Club at the moment, even though they won last weekend on the field? I mean, yeah, well, that was obviously not a well-handled Succession plan. None of them seem to work very well. I think this, I think Jeff Kennett got a little bit too smart behalf, wasn't he? Yeah, I agree. Trying to manipulate things and anyhow, I'll tell you one thing that's underrated in all of this mm-hmm. because people go, oh, you know, uh, Clarkton said that he was going to coach next year and what's his motive? Blah 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 blah. I tell you what. You tell somebody that they can have a million dollars and not work, and most people will say yes. Mm. Yep. They'll pay out the pretty, pretty sweet deal, let me tell you. Yes. Uh, so who are you tipping, Hawthorne or Collingwood? I'm going to go for – I mean, if these two clubs merge, so they be called Hollywood, um, I'll go for <laughs> – I'll go for Collingwood. Collingwood, me too. Go for Collingwood, Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I don't, uh, and and this is not to do with uh, Jeff Kennett or anyone, I, the, the media's preoccupation with now trying to make Kennett resign and uh, walk away from it and all that is, uh, I find that a little unhealthy too. Certain members of the media who've just decided that that's their, that's their current uh, thing to do. Not your job to be second presidents of football clubs, I wouldn't have thought. Anyway, right. Western Bulldogs take on Essendon. Brian, what do you think? Are you a chance? I doubt it, but mm. I'll go for them anyway. Go the Bombers. Go the Bombers. Go the Doggies. Big upset. Yeah. yeah. It will be a big upset. It'll be the Del Monte tip of the week. Well, if you get it, it will be because I don't think Finey's going to go for the Bombers. I think Finey's going to go for the Bulldogs. Is that right? I'm going for the Doggies. Doggies. So, yes, that'll be – that's uh, that's sitting there as the possible Del Monte tip of the week, Brian. All right. I don't know what show you'll be doing it on because if uh, the Bombers beat the, uh, the Doggies, you won't be working with me. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if I could stand you gloating like that for a, uh, for an hour. Um, oh. Frio, the giant killers and recent winners of the Del Monte Tip of the Week, uh, taking on, oh, God, the disappointing Brisbane Lions who didn't turn up until the last quarter. Uh, so hopefully on the Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock they'll be a little more switched on. Who are you going for, Finey? Optus Stadium, that's in Perth, the, Optus, the Perth Optus Stadium, I'm imagining. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Frio. Frio for you. Brian? Um, Brisbane need to pull their finger out if they're going to do anything. So 
I'll go for the Lions reluctantly. Okay, that might be the other possible Del Monte tip of the week because I'm going for Frio at home. And the final game will be the West Coast Eagles at home in Perth where they do turn up to play, taking on Melbourne uh, at uh, 8 o'clock on Monday night. Oh, Monday night footy. Finally, your thoughts? It's a tricky game, isn't it? They're yeah, it revolting is. West Coast, but they can put their best foot forward at home, of course. It's not easy travelling over there now for Victorian teams. Um, now, I'm going to stick with Melbourne. Yep. You know, just out of respect. Yep. They've had a very good season, Melbourne, and West Coast have been incredibly hard to follow uh, from a form point of view, and I'm sure as a supporter you'd be scratching your head too. What do you think, uh, Brian? Uh, I think we'll go for the Demons, yeah. Oh, well, in what could be another possible Del Monte tip of the week, I'm going to go for the Eagles. They're deplorable, but they, they, oh, they turn up over there and the heat will be turned on them after their, their, their showing last weekend. So I've got yep, to, true. I reckon they might, they might actually um, get up and do it. And I need to pick up two on Finey because I've fallen behind. So I, uh, I need to get him before okay. the end of the year. Need to make sure I get him. So there's our tips. Hey, uh, Finey, I tried to find that episode of Mastermind with the one hit wonders. I couldn't find it. They don't put them up in order of playing on the SBS on demand, unfortunately. But you know what I did find out? There's a celebrity what? mastermind coming soon. Oh, get me on. Well, too late. Yeah, let's put Brian on. Too late. German war, German war players. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I reckon you should be up. If they do a second series, then you should be on. Um, because here's the lineup of people that they've got. John Wood. Yeah. Okay, so it's uh, Gold Logie would yeah. be John Wood. He'd be good. Yeah, fair enough. Phil, yep. Phil Burton from Human Nature. Yeah, Phil's good guy. Dilrick Jarasina, the key Sri Lankan-born comedian who's becoming a regular on all these reality shows. Okay. So Dilrick's on. Dicko. Dicko. The former Australian Dicko. Idol judge. Dicko. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ben Lee. Yeah. Okay. Petifleur Berenger. Oh, she won't have a clue. <laughs> she, she, what's her special subject going to be? Fashion accessories. No, or don't, they no. haven't actually. They haven't said what everyone's special subject is. They've let a few out of the bag in terms of what some of the subjects are. Um, someone's got picked Brad Pitt as a subject. Someone's picked uh, legendary painter Frida Kahlo. The presidency of Donald Trump is a subject. Ooh, that'd be interesting. The movie Primal Fear. Now, there were two versions of that, wasn't there? Wasn't there a Nick Nolte version and an earlier version of that? Um, well, I don't know. That's Kate's fear. You're right, it is too. Uh, Shakespeare's A Midnight Summer Dream is a topic uh, and Hamlet. Uh, yeah. Friends. That's James Woods got the Shakespeare ones, I bet. Oh, he might have, he might have picked Friends. <laughs> No, Woodsy wouldn't. John Woods wouldn't pick Friends. He'd be on Friends. Shakespeare. Yeah, he'd, he'd want to watch enough students to be an expert of that. Yep. And, yeah. the, and the history of Australian surfing. The other ones I didn't mention, Murray Cook from the Wiggles is in there. Um, yeah. Shane Gould is in there. Uh, Richard Reed, the uh, Hollywood reporter, he's a bit of a professional on those shows as well. Um, he's quite entertaining. James Matheson. James Matheson. Why do I know that name? Uh, oh, he's a Australian Idol. You run it. No, that's James. That's John Stephenson. Right. 
James Matheson was the other half with um, Osher Gunsberg of, you know, they did Idol together. Oh, yeah, the guy with the funny eyes. That's the guy with the funny eyes. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's got those sort of bulging eyeballs. Right. Like Tom Knott. Tanya Hennessy's on it and Prinny Stevens. So they're the people who are uh, lining up for Celebrity Mastermind. Brian, Brian Finey and uh, we missed out. And I'm not <laughs> Could have done one-hit wonders of the 80s, finally, you know. Yeah, you would have been good at that. Would have been in there. Brian could have done tanks. What would your special subject be? St Kilda Football Club? Lo- no, I won't say that. I, can do, I, I, I could do, like it's not, I, I'd be happy to do St Kilda Football Club in the finals, 1897 to the present day. And I know people go, well, that's not very much, but there is a bit. Yeah. But I think I know that pretty well. Yeah. Or the Big Lebowski. Oh, wow, that'd be a great topic. Yeah, I know that movie pretty well. Yeah, there you go. So there, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll get us a submission together and we'll uh, we'll put our hands up for the second season if it goes to a second season if these dunderclumpins don't kill it off. Tipping <laughs> the petty fluor is going to be long odds on petty fluor winning this. Right, because there's, there's a celebrity everything coming. There's a, there's a master chef... There's a Big Brother. There's the next series of SAS. There's celebrity versions of everything going on at the moment. Gee, doesn't SAS look like a horrible song? I couldn't that do that. That, like, that looks like an awful nah. show to do. Oh, they're jumping in the ice and falling backwards out of a helicopter. No. Nah. No. Nah. Nah. And then waking up in the middle of the night in the cold. And, uh, I, I like what Brit Edelson says in the commercial. What does she say? What? I want to be – I'm more than Jeff Edelson's wife. Well, well, here's a couple of things. Not only are you not his wife, he got married to somebody after you, and yeah. he's dead. So <laughs> you're right. You're not his wife. No. <laughs> well, she's not even close. She's more than that, Finey. Yeah, yeah. I want to be known as more than Jeff Edelson's wife. Mm, okay. Well, <laughs> why don't you get rid of his surname? Yeah, there you go. There's a concept. Uh, well, the, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something rather than fall out of a plane for fifty thousand bucks? Yep, yep. That's because I'll push you out of a plane for nothing. <laughs> there you go. We've got finally another job. He's going to be. He's going to get a job on SAS pushing the celebs out of the plane. You know, I've got a. I've got a mate that's seen her. Seen her tits. Really? <laughs> yeah, he worked for Australia Post. They were in a package from France about seven years ago. <laughs> They're in a box. He he had a box and had a look at him. (laughs) As you would. Uh, And on that cheery note, uh, that'll be uh, rock and roll for another week. Uh, Thank you, boys. (laughs) (laughs) We can't top that, that, finally, so we're moving on. (laughs) Thank you, boys. Been a pleasure. Delmonte suits look good, feel good, are good. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.